Welcome to the Athlon Sports Cover 2 podcast as we continue our series looking at ranking the best programs and jobs in America and college football. Today on the show, the Big 12 up next on the pod. Uh, Mitch Light, Braden Gall, rate, review, and subscribe. You can get to us, of course, via via email, podcast at athlonsports.com, uh, at Athlon Mitch, at Braden Gall on the Twitters. Uh, as we have done for each one of these, we'll give you a quick sort of thesis and the methodology behind what we're doing before we dive into a discussion about whether we'd rather coach in Waco thesis or TCU. Thesis isn't really TCU. the right word here. It's been it's bothering not? me as you've been saying it on okay. this podcast. Okay. It's sort of just an introduction. Okay. A explainer. All right. Well, explain to people this is about ranking the best jobs. This is a big picture look at, at the Big 12 and each other conference. A, a historical view. It's about natural advantages. It's about what, Mitch? Brayden, thanks for asking, buddy. <laughs> We have ranked every program in the country based on the attractiveness of the position from a coaching perspective. We considered many factors, tradition, facilities, location, money, but in the end, we simply asked ourselves the following question, where would we want to coach? And I think a couple of ways, uh, you bulleted a few things in there. Access to talent is certainly one of the mo the biggest things that we, we use as a criteria and a methodology that pertains to geography essentially population trends is a factor in this uh as well certainly how do you like living in a big city a small city a small town a boring town a cool town whatever um all those things factor in uh as well um you know your support basically is about money fan support how how is the stadium good do you have facilities that you need do fans show up to games um, all of that stuff, that's a huge factor in whether or not the sort of, is it you have a natural advantage. Um, and then sort of history and tradition is sort of the proof of concept, right? It's not necessarily a main factor in our methodology, but it's sort of the proof that what we're talking about feels viable and, and legitimate. So um, this is not just about the last two years or three years or 12 years. It's about big picture. What's the best program in the Big 12? Um, there are obviously two at the top of this discussion we'll get to. Um, but this is not about what currently you have on your roster or who's the better coach or what your better AD is or how much money you got. And, you know, television revenue might be a factor, but it's sort of the same for everybody in the Big 12 by and large. Um, th this debate to me, I don't even think it's a debate, really, frankly, in the Big 12, even though the number two school in the Big 12 has had a far better run of success the last 20 years, in large part because of Bob Stoops and now Lincoln Riley. I don't think you can argue that Oklahoma is the best football program in the Big 12, mostly because of recruiting base. I think you you have to have the Texas Longhorns as the best program in the Big 12, in my opinion. They're number one for me. Yeah, agree. Um, without much of a thought, they're, you know, one and two are – there's a huge gap for me between, after agree. one and two. The gap between one and th – there's a decent gap between these two. You know, obviously I, – I don't think I'd put a huge gap. Okay, there. fair, fair. I mean, I we, mean for, we had – For we did 50, this in, 70, 50 to 70 years, they've basically been been pretty even. And Oklahoma's probably won more. They've won more national championships. Yeah, probably. probably. I don't have it in front yeah. of me, but um, – I think the recruiting base at, at some, gives at, the edge to Texas. Yeah, but at some point when Oklahoma continues to win yeah, more – Yeah, maybe we have to – Yeah, maybe we have to override that. You can't just say recruiting base. Like, I, okay. I think it's one and one A. I just but I'd rather Texas live in Austin than Norman. You know, true, but Oklahoma City is kind of cool, yeah, and it's, well, it's basically yeah. well, it's yeah, it's, it's suburb, right? It's, yeah, it's right there. So when we did this ten years ago, we had our we went to a brewery, two thousand and ten, um, right? Oklahoma City, as explained in a previous podcast, that's where I got chased by the police. So that's true. <laughs> in is that because City. you were urinating in public? If outside of a hotel is public, yes. Judges, yes. Okay. <laughs> ding ding ding. Um, we had Oklahoma six back in two thousand and ten, and we had Texas one. In 2010. Mm. So we're talking about a Oklahoma fringe top five job here at worst. Um, 
which in you they, can, they're it, both unbelievably yes, great. Yeah, I mean, great tradition. Both schools, history of success. Fans, Oklahoma fantastic. access to players because you you know they they have done, they they get elite players from Texas. I mean, it's not yeah. an issue. They recruit California. They can. They're not they, too far from Dallas Fort Worth. Yeah, they can recruit nationally. Um, you know, every program like Texas is both as we always say, no program's immune to a bad hire. Oklahoma's had several, not lately, but they in the nineties too. They had some. I think Texas has had far worse hires. Yeah. I think that's the only difference between the two on the field success-wise is that Oklahoma has had historical coach, historical coach, historical coach. I mean, when you go, you know, Wilkinson and Switzer and Stoops and now a guy who's picked up the mantle, you know, you've had Mac Brown and Daryl Royal. Uh, you know, John Makovic doesn't count as a great hire, right? Like and David McWilliams. Was yeah, I mean, I just think Texas has hired more bad coaches. That's, I mean, the, that's more- the big difference between these two two programs. The more I think about it, I was kind of joking when I said it, but like you can make a case that Oklahoma's better. Yeah. I mean, because historically, there's always been more players in Texas, and historically, Oklahoma's had more success. So, true. You know, there's we can sit here. Where and would we, I rather work, though? I'd rather work at Texas in the state of Texas than than at OU. As would I. Um, but I. But nationally, these two. Now, here's the real question: these two programs nationally are still elite powerhouse programs. I, I don't know what the conversation is around the lack of defensive talent in the league and how they this league itself as a whole has not won anything on the major stages yet in since what 05 with Texas is the last championship game they won in a championship level situation and even Oklahoma has gone in and been beat by Alabama handily been beat by Clemson handily dominated by Georgia in the second half i i think you know even 09, Texas wasn't really – they had a lot of good defensive players, and they didn't really compete with Alabama in that game. Oklahoma in 08 was pretty good against Florida. I don't know what to make of that. Is Oklahoma and Texas still top five, six nationally good, or is the Big 12 in its sort of maybe lack of um, – I don't want to say stability because the money is still very big in, in the Big 12, but, you know, you're talking about expansion, all the stuff we've talked I about over the years. I still think you talk to – you get 20 coaches in a room and just say – do you, do you want to be the head coach at the University of Texas? Rank it. They're like, we're, sign me up. Top five job easily. It, is the fan base – which fan base is, crosses the line into craziness? Because they're both at about 100%. But does either one of them cross the I, line like some of the SEC schools I don't get that or impression. Ohio State or from, Florida State? From afar, I don't get it, get the impression. I think Texas might have some of that. Just – I think because the expectations are so high at Texas and they right. haven't – they have not lived up to – those expectations there's there's some of that frustration that bleeds into its craziness but you know oklahoma great fans always sold out yep. uh, you know i mean the most powerful athletic department in america is texas it's I hard, mean, yeah. for lack of a better explanation it is the most powerful and they do we're not really factoring this right now they they have the right ad in place they they made some bad hires yes, there yes they did they, they have the right guy in place now yes they did so, so i mean there's we can we can it is an interesting it's a more interesting debate than i think I've, i think I, the uh, the casual fan thinks how long have we been recording eight minutes i've kind of changed i'm not oh. i'm not ranking oklahoma mm-hmm. higher but i'm You've putting closed the gap one a, one and one a where yeah. i went into this without thinking it through just saying sure why texas is clearly better well results matter and oklahoma's always historically they've been better that's true um, all right, so I, I don't think there's much of a debate. We're not really reinventing the wheel here with Texas and Oklahoma as the best two programs in the Big 12. The Big 12 has to, has the, has to have – has to has – has to have those two Just programs. has to has. Has to has. Um, I, this is – so 
And this, again, this is our third iteration of this process. We did it in 2010. We did it in 2014. And I think a lot has changed it, since then. And, and, but this not, next program has... But number three, we have... I have Oklahoma State. You have Oklahoma State as well. I, I, I don't want you to make the case for Oklahoma State yet. I'd like you to make the case for someone else to be ahead of them. What is the case for somebody to be better than Oklahoma State as the third best program in the Big 12? Okay, well, let me say this. I like the Big 12. I like the depth of the Big 12, but I think this is a pretty weak number three compared I to some. I totally of, agree. Yeah. So, like, I don't Why feel, do you think the Big 12 doesn't win any championships? I, I think the case that you, you could make, I think there's only one team that you could make a case for being hires in West Virginia over Oklahoma State. Yeah, just because of the and only game in town, no pro sports, uh, the passion of the fans, some, some history to some back history up. That, you played right? for national championships. I, okay, let me take that back. You know, you've been close you, to playing for national championships. Yeah, if you if you like the private school and you want to coach at TCU, I get that. But it, I don't it, even think yeah. TCU is even this, in this conversation. So I don't think you can argue TCU over Oklahoma State. It's so is West Virginia for you the only school that you would think about putting over? Uh, no. Who would it be? None. Okay. That, that's so why I wanted you. Make, okay. I wanted you to make the case no, to for me, something to that me, I don't this, think you can make a case for. To me, the, the, these. These are the next tier. I think three, I, four is a tier. I think the fact that West Virginia is so far out in the middle of nowhere from the Big 12 territory that it was sort of shoehorned into the league as a sort of last resort to keep the league alive, that there's no real roots in the conference, that they haven't won anything yet in the conference. I like the West Virginia football program. I love the stadium. I love the fans. It's very SEC-ish in its amount, in its level of passion. Um, they have had some really good pockets of success of always being a really competitive program, whether it's under, I think Neil Brown will do a good job, Dana Holgerson, had his crack at it, and he was a top 25 team there for a while. Um, obviously, you know, Rich Rodriguez and the Pat White team that almost got to the national title game, Major Harris under under Don Nealon, played for the national championship in the late 80s. They, they've had a lot of success. Um, a lot of good quarterbacks have come out of there and played at West Virginia. I, I just don't think it's – it just doesn't – I think the lack of fit yes. is what knocks it a peg down, but I do think West Virginia is the only team I would argue – that is in the conversation with Oklahoma State at number three. So I've got Oklahoma State three, West Virginia four. Oklahoma State is just a light version of Oklahoma. Lots of money and booster support. Um, access to players. Stillman's a little bit more of still, excuse, Stillman. Stillwater is a little bit more of an outpost than, than Oklahoma City is for sure. But you can get into Texas. It's just sort of a little bit lesser of everything that Oklahoma has. A couple, and couple that's things. sort of the explanation. When we did this in 2010, we had West Virginia 22. Big reason because the BCS still existed, and I remember the write-up was like easy, easy, a easiest access to the BCS because the Big East it was the best program in the Big East. Now, well, and in theory, there's if you're in the Big 12, you still should have easier access to the playoffs. But, you, than other but you, in the Big East, you have Texas or Oklahoma. Yeah, no, that's true. So Oklahoma State has been they've been ranked in the final AP poll seven times in the last 11 years. Prior to that, seven times in the history of the AP poll. My that's question that's to you, a problem. My question to you, are they better now because of Mike Gundy or T. Boone Pickens? Yes. Okay, good answer. They uh, go hand, they, I, they go hand, that's no so, coincidence. So in this conversation, what matters is the spending. What, what doesn't matter in this conversation for the purposes of this podcast is who the head coach is. That's not necessarily relevant. If you hired really good XYZ alumni at Oklahoma State at any point during the year during the years over the decades would they win I think partly they've found success not necessarily because Mike Gundy is one of the better coaches they've hired he is they've also had some good coaches in the past but it's because of their commitment they've, they've invested more 
and you see the stadium upgrades, you see the facilities, you see T Boone Pickens pouring money in, you know, all this stuff. I think that has elevated them more so than. It, I'm not trying to take anything away from Mike Gundy or, 60, or Les Miles. 75, but it's, 75 25. It's yeah, it's not even that. I don't, it's hard to put a number on it. It's just the purposes of this conversation is about financial, like because fina- the program's in better support. shape than it is than it was fifteen years ago. So my question is: Is it in better shape for the next coach? If you wipe everything w- clean slate, remove all well, rosters, that, but like that's I also said. not what we're doing at, at this in this conversation. But we're judging the programs where they are right now, and it's a better I, program right now. And Mike Gundy deserves some credit for that. He does. He gets a ton of credit. Yeah. Every game they've won, he gets credit for I, winning. I wrote deserves a ton of credit. Yeah, he he gets all the credit for the wins. It's just setting him up for that winning is is the foundation that you build a program on and Oklahoma State's foundation feels a lot stronger today than it was 20 years ago because the money has gotten so big and I think some schools have realized they're going to have to invest a ton of money and commitment and time and resources I, I, I could see West Virginia being in this conversation at number three because they have all that stuff they just don't fit in it's just not they're just not very big 12-ish they're more I, SEC I was going to say big so. 12-E yeah that, that's, that's, uh, that's also something you can get a penicillin you remember, shot for you, because um, you you've been stricken with group of five e in the past. I'm very I've had I've had a a couple of cases of group of five e. Um, so West Virginia at four, we've discussed them a little bit. Oklahoma State at three. Um, I I have a very clear number five. I think there's a clear number five in the Big Twelve. I switched mine. That that I think is fits in with West Virginia and Oklahoma State with a a it's sort of. It's actually a bigger city than I think people realize. Two hundred fifty thousand in there's, Lubbock, Texas. There, you see, you spoiled it. Who I'm talking about? Um, there's more. We weren't talking about TCU, and, <laughs> and Waco ain't a big city. So. I know, bigger city than people think. A little bit more success probably than people think. Um, they have a pretty good fan base, probably better than people think. Everything's a little bit better than you think. The only problem is, is it's way out in the middle of nowhere. That's the only real issue. But even then, you're in the state of Texas. I have Texas Tech at number five. I think they are more of a power program than the next two teams that they're competing with on this slot. The other two teams still don't feel like power programs yet. I think it's a tier, though. I think these these three teams, for me, were very close, and I do have Texas Tech 5 slightly ahead of TCU and, and, and Baylor. Kind of like a lot your line of thinking. I was like, it's a remote location, but it is bigger than you think. It's got 250,000. It's a big state school, but it's the third biggest state school. It's the third school in the state much bigger alumni base though than tcu or baylor for yes, example but it's not texas or texas A&M. no question recruiting dallas is a five-hour drive that's the closest big city it's, it's a long ways yes it's a long way texas is a large state it's very large yes like el paso not el, close el paso to lufkin yeah. geography let's do some googling um i bet you it's a nine and a half hour drive and and and, and they have been cons- they they've they've stumbled a little bit in, uh, under Cliff in recent years, but they had a remarkably consistent, sort of like Georgia Tech and the ACC, where they're never bad. They, they, Spike Dykes had a. It's a not great, just that's the thing is it's not just Leach. Yeah, Spike Dykes had a great right. run of 500 or better records in the league for a long period. Of time. Yeah, so and yeah. then Leach, kind of they spiked higher after Spike left under I Mike Leach, and under Kingsbury they're never bad, but they weren't really good. Yeah, I, I think it's a. It sort of has all the pieces that you want in a power, a middle of the pack power five program. Just need to pick it up and program. move it. Like, yeah, if, if it you was, put that where Waco is now, Waco's more centrally located because it's closer to Houston, Dallas. Yeah, it's on the I thirty five corridor. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I think if 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 Texas Tech was located like like Athens is to 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 Atlanta, 
So, like, Athens, for those that don't know, it's about 45 minutes It's east, a little farther. Whatever. It's, it's, it's almost an hour. Depends on how fast you drive, but it's, it's or not... where you're coming from. It's a quick jaunt out of Atlanta to get to Athens. And if, if Lubbock was sort of, like, 45 minutes west of Dallas-Fort Worth, like, if it was just an... Like, maybe, like, just under an hour outside of Dallas-Fort Worth, so it was not really a suburb, but almost a suburb, but, like, had its own little city... I think it would recruit at a higher level, have a bigger Much. alumni base, and more students would go there and, and invest more in the program. I think that's the only thing that sort of holds it back from being on the same tier as West Virginia and, and Oklahoma State. And I think, honestly, I, I would have Texas Tech on the same tier as West Virginia and Oklahoma State. I don't. I, because here's my problem. I think Baylor, TCU are not that much better than Iowa State. I think Iowa State is better than people think from a fan support standpoint and from a dollar standpoint. They've shown that they're willing to invest. I would have TCU, Baylor, and Iowa State on a tier separate from Texas Tech because Texas Tech is, feels like big state U okay, our, to so some our, degree, if that makes sense. Our order's different, but our tiers are a little different because I do, I do so, not – I've got Texas Tech, TCU, and Baylor in its own tier. In, I mean, Iowa State – I mean, if you talk about history of success, you know, Baylor has been playing with these big boys. This is the difference between TCU and Baylor. Baylor has been playing with these big programs for a long time and not done anything. TCU took a different path to get here, right? They they were in the Southwest Conference, though, it, right? And then they got left out due to politics, but only for like when it happened. Eight year, I don't have in front of me like eight years, you know? No, no, like two decades or whatever. Were they? Ninety six, I believe, was the first year of the Big Twelve. Ninety five or ninety six, and so Baylor got in. TCU didn't, basically because of politics in the state of Texas, and and then didn't get to rejoin until when two thousand fifth two thousand. 10, 12, 11, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Because their 2010 team was the Andy Dalton team, I think, or 09, something like that. So it was about two decades that they got sort of left out. They dominated in the meantime in the Mountain West, of course. They elevate themselves. They join the Big, the big 12. Um, I think TCU is in a better recruiting base than Baylor. I think it's a less insane place to live than Waco. They have had far more success on the field for a longer period of time than Baylor. They've been ranked in the AP top 10 six times in the past 11 years. They are very similar programs. I the investment in both stadiums. New sta new stadium at, for both at, of them. at Baylor, renovated small stadium. Smaller um is Baylor private? Yes. Small private religious based institutions. Baylor with, more religious with 45,000 seat stadiums roughly. But, I mean there's very there's a lot of similarities yeah. to these two Location's schools. a big difference. Um and I think I would much rather live in the Fort Worth area. I I think they have a more I don't know it's 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 Waco's just weird. There's a little weirdness to Waco. There's strange things that have happened there and it's it's a little bit like you said a are little you worried bit about more getting, religious. Are you are you worried about getting drawn into a cult or something if you move to Waco? I, there's there's a few of them. Um one of them's led by Coach Bryles. the other one is led by um Debbie Koresh. Um anyway, it's not really cool to bring up the Branch Davidians on a podcast about Baylor football, but if we're just if we're splitting hairs between two programs that are that's basically the, the same, the difference. it's the compound outside of Waco <laughs> that does it for me. No, no, there's, I, they're, they're very similar. Yeah, they're, uh, they're they're really similar. Like I think right now, it's whatever program has a better coach is going to be better, and and they're both pretty evenly matched. Yeah, they're both good. Coaches. I would give it to Gary Patterson. So I have Texas Tech five, TCU six, Baylor seven. I do too. Now, make the case why you don't think that Iowa State... Location. I, I, purely I, I, based on talent, I, I'm with access. I'm with you on, like, Ames is... I've never been, but I know people who have been there. It's a great place to live. It's it's nice. They have great fans. Their stadium's fun, great environment. Only once in the last 90 years, though, 
Once in 90 years have they had three straight winning seasons. The final three years of the Earl Bruce era in the, in the mid-70s. So it's a lack of tradition, lack of success on the field. And then players. You're, you're, you're in Iowa. You're competing Tough against teams from Texas. Players, yeah. I mean, you're in Fort Worth, Texas, or you're in Ames, Iowa. Yeah. That's the difference. Draw, draw, the, draw the six-hour radius yeah. around the campus. It's pretty simple. I, I think that's a fair argument. I do think that it is Iowa State as a program is underrated. From a fan standpoint, the I potential think, is the results have, are not. No, but I, I think I think Jack Trice Stadium is is underrated from an atmospheric standpoint. I think we're, we're in agreement. I think there's far better. I think the stadium is rocking way more than you think it is. I think if you think of great places to play football, I don't think people think of it, and I think it's better than people think. Um, and I think recently, as you've seen, investment. I think Iowa State is starting to show that it's they're willing to in their coach. They're willing to pay their coaches a little bit more. That's a positive step. I think the facilities stuff needs to continue to grow and, and be worked on. But Iowa State to me has more upside. It will always be limited by its by its sort of geography. If you look at Iowa in the Big Ten, Iowa has sort of capitalized and maximized on its geography, right? I don't think Iowa can go any higher in the rankings of college football. Like Every now and then they have a really great year and almost win a Big Ten title. If Iowa State can get to Iowa's level of commitment from a financial and fan standpoint, then I think it can do what Iowa does in the Big Ten, which is every now and then be nine or ten win team and compete for a conference title. But until you move all of the players from the state of Texas into the state of Iowa, it's not you know it's hard to make the case. So there's a lot to like about Iowa State. Now I, w- I want to ask you a question. Sneaky. A program that we haven't talked about has won a ton more games over the past yep. 25 years yep. than probably all but maybe one, uh, two or three of these programs. And it is because it is so incredibly difficult to win here, and it's why the one man who could gets all the credit that he gets as being one of the greatest coaches of all time. And obviously we're talking about Kansas State. Um, and, you know, it, it's low to have them ranked. Okay, here's what I say about the Big 12. It's a shot for the Big 12 that Oklahoma State's the consensus number three program, but it's a it's a nice statement for the league that Kansas State is our consensus number nine consensus number nine program. To me, it's it's the fact that it's only one man's been done. One, it's been done by one man, and this isn't necessarily fair. But that one man left for two years. They weren't good. You know, maybe that's a Ron Prince well, thing. Before that, yeah, before we'll that, find out since that. It's really, really hard. I mean, no, I love Chris Kleeman. I think it was a great hire. I do too. The only reason they were great under Bill Snyder, A, A, he's a great coach, but but the other reason is that he built his entire program on understanding that he couldn't get enough recruits. That is why Kansas State lived on junior college players. The state of Kansas is one of the two or three biggest states in the country for producing junior college players. Mississippi and California are the other two. And, And you can. You can build a roster, A, uniquely because of the junior college ranks, but that also creates a lot of challenges. And so while Bill Snyder totally realized there's no way I can compete and win the Big 12 every year with all 18-year-old out-of-high school recruits, he went and he would, he would have 10, 12, 13 junior college players every year. And so that's really it's a really difficult model to sustain long-term. He did a great job of it. But that's, I think, I think Manhattan, Kansas is... I don't. I think Lawrence is actually a nicer place to live if you had to live somewhere. Well, I think Lawrence I'd live is basically in, a Kansas City suburb. I think I'd rather live in Lawrence than I'd rather live in Manhattan. Manhattan's probably harder to recruit to. Um, you know, it. There's a reason. Again, there's a reason you had to live your life on that JUCO edge, and that's what Bill Snyder figured. He's one of the only guys to ever do it, frankly, at any of these programs. Like, there's nobody that lives on junior college players. Like, he's the only guy that's ever done it, maybe in the history of modern college football. 
Yeah, so, I mean, Manhattan's, you know, the most remote. Well, wait, L- Lubbock's pretty remote, too, but at least you're, you know. In you're Texas. Te- you're in yeah. Texas. Uh, and, and Lubbock's a bigger city. Manhattan's not. So, yeah, I agree. It just all this speaks to the, the, the quality of the, the job he did there. And I'm fascinated to see over the next decade what this program can do without him. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm sure this. I'm sure some Kansas State fans are offended. Like, how could we be ranked that low? But how do you, it's a compliment to Bill Snyder. Yeah. I mean, it's like, what, what's the argument for ranking them higher, except that they've won, which is a nice I, argument. I think you could have them ahead of Iowa State because yeah. of their success, and yeah. and that would be fair. But if you, I thought about it. But if you look at their their sort of like, like if we did this five years ago, before I would rank Matt, the stadium better at Iowa State. If we did this during the yeah. middle of the Paul Rhodes era and they didn't have the momentum of Matt Campbell, I think Kansas State would be higher. Quite and maybe that's true, and and maybe I'm blinded by my love for Matt Campbell. Yes. I, I don't know, but it is a strong. I just think love. Kansas State is a far tougher job than Bill Snyder ever made it appear. That that's all. I think that's what makes him a Hall of Famer. That's what makes him special. That's what makes him a great coach. Is that he overcame all of those obstacles. And again, I cannot think of a coach in all of college football that lived life on the JUCO world and and won big. I, I can't think of anybody that did it. He's the only one I can ever think of that's done it. And if that's how you have to survive, no one else has ever done it. So Chris Kleeman's going to have to do it a different way because Bill Snyder might be the only one that can do it with junior college players. What is there to like about Lawrence, Kansas? I think Not the a- city, the program. Okay. So you might say this is a lost cause. Like recent history suggests it's a lost cause. But Braden Gall. But. But. Braden Gall. Kansas was ranked in the postseason, not like a flash in the pan like in the middle of the year, the postseason AP Top 10, once in the 2000s, in 2007, and once, Todd in, the, Reesing. And once in the 90s, and 95 with Glenn Mason. So we're talking about a program that has two Top 10 rankings. In 30 years? 95 <laughs> and 2007. That's your argument? Yeah, they've won. They've, they've had success. Is, okay. Glenn Mason had a nice run. Mark Mangino had a nice run. Okay. I'm, that's we've got him tenth, a consensus tenth. I'm not no, really know, trying to I make know, a case. I know uh, you're not. And, you're, what you're doing is you're sort of trying to like make Kansas feel, fans feel better about themselves, to some or degree. worse that like we were once good. Why do we suck so bad now? Yeah. Um. But they've been it's basketball school. They're on a historically bad run. They're on a yeah Duke of ten years ago, a Baylor run. There's been some programs that have had just. Yeah, off god awful yeah. runs, and they're in the midst of it right now. So there's really not a lot to promote. You know, Lanz- Lawrence is probably a great place, good place to live. It's near Kansas City. It's not. It's not a remote outpost or anything like that. If you All like right, good basketball place. I wanted. So our rankings are uh, the same. T- yeah, they're the same, which is not nearly as fun as the other podcasts when we disagree with each other. Um, number one, Oklahoma, number one, Texas. Number two, Oklahoma. Number three, Oklahoma State. Number four, West Virginia. Number five, Texas Tech. Number six, TCU. Number seven, Baylor. Number eight, Iowa State. Number nine, Kansas State. Sorry, Wildcats fans. Um, go Power Cat. Also, um, didn't they used to be the Aggies? Uh, number ten, Kansas. Now here's my well, this. You did not. You were not prepared for this. Ooh. I'm gonna throw you some wild cards here. Where would Houston rank? If they were in the league, okay, if like the, TCU, in the league, not like TCU in the Big Twelve, with Big Twelve money, like TCU, where would Houston rank? I would put them in the Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor tier. I would have them behind Texas Tech for sure. I'd probably put them eighth. I might have them ahead of Baylor. Baylor. I'd have them ahead of Baylor. More players. In yeah. Houston. So Baylor. Baylor's. It's Houston close. is TCU in Houston. 
I mean, Heisman, tro- Heisman trophies. I mean, come on. Like, I, I think Houston. TCU is a better, more campusy. Like, no, I agree Houston's with that. It's more of a commuter school. That, that's true. But a lot more players in Waco, though. So yeah. I'd, I'd probably have them at seven. Where would you put Memphis? Last, probably. Behind Kansas. Yeah. I mean, uh, th- okay. there's a lot of recency bias with both of those, with Memphis getting better and Kansas getting worse. You see what I'm doing here, obviously. Yeah. UCF. First, of course. Um, National champs. Yeah. Lock it up. Championship. Um, and, and I guess I could put USF in the same. You could, both of those two guys. Both those two teams. Where would they go? In the Iowa State, Kansas State range, I guess. I don't know. I'd have them ahead of them. Okay. I'd have them with Big 12 money, Big 12 ties, Big 12 games. I would have them it, along with Houston. I'd the have those two programs in the 7th or 8th range in the, in the conference. And I'm probably going to contradict myself here because like Utah's done it and TCU has done it. The thing that scares me about elevating programs from league to league is like you can't force fan support. Like at UCF, you can't make big time fans out of them. Like, you well, they packed that stadium though. You no, you uh, that stadium is packed at Central Florida. That bright horizon or whatever that thing's called. It's not called that anymore. anymore. Bright solution thing. It's packed. Yeah, because you know like, what? Because they haven't Rice lost Eccles the game stadium. in two years. No, Utah's uh, Utah's great. Fans are amazing. At Utah. Okay, I'm gonna use Houston as an example. You know, I've been there when it's been great. They're in the top ten, and then a year and a half later, you, you Major Applewhite's the coach, and they're playing. You're playing South Florida at eleven o'clock on a Saturday, and they're mediocre, and how, there's twenty thousand people there. And how different is that than every program in the Big Twelve after Texas Tech? That's I, my that's I, my I, question. I, I think no, Iowa TCU, State, and Kansas State have better fans. TCU's not right like, when they're bad. They're not showing up. When Baylor's bad, they're not showing up. True. Okay, I, fair point. I, I think Houston. I, think, I guess that's a, that, that's what most the, programs in the country are. That yes, when and that when they're right. good, everyone's got a good right. It, it, the, the, there's another tier that gets you up to like the ninety thousand seat stadium that's going to be packed no matter what. And then when you lose, everybody disappears for three games. Coach gets fired. New coach shows up. Everybody returns to the stadium. Yeah. Like you know, rinse and repeat. Um, it, uh, what about Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I'm making faces because I can't. I know you looked like you were in pain. I'm in pain. I am in pain. Like you're um, constipated a little bit there. I would rather coach at Iowa State than Cincinnati. How's that? Ooh. Oh, see, much better recruiting base for Cincinnati. Yes. And they've done it. Stadium. They, has multiple been coaches have, have won. You can Not, win at Cincinnati. Yes. The, the stadium. I've been there and a the while, campus, but the renovate, it's on campus. It is. On, I've been to the games there. It's it, It's just not. I, I, think the, I, I think you're probably right. It'd be about eight or nine. But I think it'd still be better than Kansas. I'd rather coach at Cincinnati than Kansas if they were both in the Big 12. I think I would too. Any other schools you, you'd want me to throw in there? Um, in this conversation, I mean, I don't think San Diego State or Boise State, Arizona or State. No, I don't mm-hmm. think you count any of the West. Yeah, I think you count going East. BYU. Um, mm, that's an interesting one. We'll talk more about them on the on the G five pod. Okay. They, do they count as G five? No, in the magazine we count them as I count them Indeed. as B five. Oh, like, you do. As far as how much space? Because they're vote. not technically a Power Five team. I know. There's only sixty five. They got Power Five fans. Nice. They do. Just aren't you pandering there? Just earning points. Trying with to the, sell uh, magazines. Earning points with like twenty-five-year-old married dudes with kids who play for BYU. That's my market, baby. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else you'd like to add? I just thought I'd throw that that last little, little exercise at you there. No, I do want to ask you a question though. Okay. Is this Somet- about the Big Twelve? Sometimes, uh, no, not at all. Sometimes during the podcast, our phones will ring. We'll get texts. When my wife calls, her name comes up on the phone. Okay. When your wife calls, it says wife. And I, what's your point? I don't know if what's it, the question. Is it more normal to have my wife's name up there, or just to say wife? I'll, I'll put up a poll question. 
on Twitter, what do you have your spouse in your phone as? It, or yes. Husband, wife, slash spouse, or their full name. And do you have her maiden name, or does it say Light in it? It says Light. Her name's Heather it Light. says Heather Light. I could put Heather Sanzori. She's got family farms yes. everywhere. Um, no, I had my wife in my phone as her old name for a very long time. In fact, I didn't have a cell phone when I met my wife. In fact, so if that's you, a, if you, you had a cell phone. Okay, when you worse. Were, here's the problem. When I call her, she doesn't answer, which doesn't ever happen. But when it does, goes for voicemail, it still has her maiden name on there. Seriously? Hi, this <laughs> that is, is awesome. She's well, just getting ready for the next phase. Oh, I, we're, on, we're on her insurance plan because at work, she's still her old name at work. So when I go to the insurance, when I try to get <laughs> prescriptions for my Excuse kids, me, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what last name to use. When I get pick up prescriptions for my three-year-old, I don't know. Did you take? Are you going to take her name? Two and a half-year-old. Uh, no, that will not happen. She's, she's taken, kids have hyphenated no, names? she had to change her first name. So she has taken my name. She is my, legally. Here's what's funny about my wife. Like the person that my wife is at work, the U.S. government doesn't recognize as a human being. It's funny. Do you? No. Okay. I, don't, I don't like it, but I don't care, actually. Does that mean? No, she, she had to because she went by her middle name. So when you have to change your first name, it's way more complicated of a process. If you drop your middle name and take another name. It's super easy. You fill out paperwork and you're done. She had to go to court like multiple times and appear in front of a judge to change your first name. Like if I wanted to change my name to Meta or, you know, Brad, uh, Apple, Brad or whatever. Yeah. Just Brad fix, fix the problem. My parents yeah. never, never could. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening. Um, I, I, yeah. Tweet us if your if your spouse is in your phone as wife or spouse or another word. There are plenty of people. I've, I've seen people that have it in there as like ball and chain. I've seen that like ball and chain calls. Hello, honey. Uh, I've seen that. Um, oh, you just have it super, I mean, just super predictable and boring, just her actual name. But I actually, so. I kind of fibbed earlier because my wife does not call me during the podcast because she's That's a school teacher and she can't call me during the day. Just, just fibbing over there. All right. I'm just using it. Follow an us on Twitter at Athlon Mitch at Gall. Continue to listen to all of the series as is. You can read about them, of course, all over the website as well. We'll do Group of Five. We've got a bunch of other leagues. So uh, please enjoy and partake and, and rate and review and subscribe. Thanks for listening, everybody.